0: 4 verse 12 it says for the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of morrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart this is the word of the lord
1: because our church has grown um, since the last samantha spoke i just wanted to do a, A brief introduction. You know, one of the things that we talk about here is that we all get to play. The church isn't a place where the leadership leads and everyone else just follows. We believe that we all have the living God inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We all believe that the gifts of the Spirit are poured out on us, and we all need outlets for that. And so one of the places that our teachers need an outlet is before you. It's one of the only places that God can shape and and develop them as powerful leaders and teachers, and, uh, and so we um, often try to get people uh, and different staff people, but also volunteers, and Samantha is somebody that uh, has been with us, been with the core group uh, just right when we got back from London. Her and Jonathan were good friends of ours, and uh, have really, it's been amazing to see the, the work that God's done in her life. She was a very gifted teacher prior to um, her experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, several venues. And now she's become somebody who not only is a gifted teacher, but she is able to be led by the Spirit in new ways. And she has a great word for us on that. I'm so excited about her message uh, that she is sharing with us. It is one of the most important things we could hear as a church as we are growing and as we are seeking to do the will of the Father. And so um, Samantha Livingston is going to come share with us now.
0: Is this on? Okay. Good morning. <laughs> Today I'm going to be talking about how we all need to hear from God. And the testimonies did such a great job of setting that up. Just people needing to hear from God about a specific thing at a specific time, a specific situation, and they heard from him. So the fancy way of saying this is that we all need to hear words of revelation but the more personal way is, saying, is uh, just that we need to hear God's spoken word. And the simpler and more personal way of saying that is that I need to hear God's voice. I need to have him answer me when I cry out to him. I need to have him break into my day at a time and place where I least expect him and have him say something helpful to me, something that will encourage me, lift me up, and lead me. I need to hear from the maker of the universe, but more importantly, I need to hear from my maker. You know, God's word can be consumed in, in various ways. And I think the, th- the way that we think of most often is by reading the Bible. And the Bible is so important in teaching us about God and his character and his promises to us. And it also helps to know the written word so that we have a measuring stick um, to which we can compare our experience of God. Uh, But today, I'm not really going to be focusing on the written word as much as on God's spoken word, when God speaks to us in a way that is made personal by the Holy Spirit. So to define that in a very simple way, this happens when the Holy Spirit speaks words of the Father to me in a personal way or to you in a personal way. When the Holy Spirit speaks the words of the Father to me in a personal way or to you in a personal way. So today that's what I'm talking about when I say God's word, the spoken word. Uh, God leads us with his spoken words at different times and through various forms. Examples of times would be in our personal prayer time, during worship, at church, or when we're alone, when others are praying for us. And I find that the most convenient time that God speaks to me is when I'm doing whatever it is that I do every day. Washing the dishes, taking a walk, in the shower, sitting at a desk, driving your car, It has been so refreshing to me over the last couple of years to realize that God does not just confine himself to a, you know, a time slot that we've carved out for him in our day. He wants to talk to us all the time. He loves us so much. He wants to be constantly speaking to us. And uh, examples of various forms that God's word comes in, um, it could be through a single word or a bunch of words. It could be through a a picture, a picture in motion, or a still picture. Um, That would have been referred to in the Bible as a vision or a dream. And examples of all of these types of communication are found in the Bible. You know, a great example is the story of Ananias, who was just a regular guy, and he received a vision from the Lord that he was to go and pray for Paul right after Paul was blinded on the road to Damascus. And the Lord told him that he was to take a certain street to a certain place, lay hands on Paul, And that he was going to heal him of his blindness. And meanwhile, you know, Paul had a great reputation for killing believers. Ananias would have never chosen to do such a thing unless he'd heard a word from the Lord. I mean, who in the world would would go and pray for someone that you thought might kill you? But, you know, the word of the Lord, there's power there. Let me give you a couple of current day examples. um, Just real simple ways of being led by the spoken word. I remember a while ago coming in and just feeling really low and feeling very guilty and, um, you know, it was really about past sin in my life. It wasn't even anything current. But I think Satan was just kind of using that to dangle over me and make me feel guilty. And I came up for prayer. And one of the first things or the first thing the prayer minister said was, Samantha, I keep hearing the word forgiveness. And at that time in that place, that just cracked the whole thing wide open for me. Because, of course, I know I'm forgiven by reading God's word. That, that's a reality that I know. Thank you. <laughs> That was thoughtful. But at the time, it was the spoken word that healed me and that led me into a place of peace and confidence out of the place of guilt and shame where I'd just been. A great example of this happened a few weeks ago when Gail Chupp came up and she shared her testimony. And she said that, you know, she really wasn't sure whether she should go on this last trip to Cuba. And she said she came up for prayer, and she was really seeking the Lord on whether she should go, and she saw a picture of a crowd of children. And she knew by praying into that 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 crowd of children were the children of Cuba. And from that, she knew the Lord was leading her to Cuba. And that's a great example. She needed to hear from God on that. She came up for prayer. And by the way, it doesn't have to happen during prayer ministry time. Just ask the Lord, and he led her through a picture you know, I find that it's very common We, when we receive spoken words from God, they often refer back to God's written word and enlighten it for us in a new way so that it makes it alive, like the, um, the scripture verse said. It enlightens us, and it kind of comes alive and hits us right where we need it. But not all spoken words refer directly to scripture, but they are always consistent with it. For example, in the case of, of Gail's testimony, the word that she received from God was that she was to go to Cuba. I don't know about you, but in my Bible, I don't have a page that says, Gail Chubb, you are to go to Cuba on this and such date with the group from River City Church. But of course, the, the written word tells us that we are to spread the good news, so the word she received is consistent with the written word, but um, it, that spoken word applied you know, directly to her that day. So this subject of God's spoken word is very personal to me, and I'm going to be talking about it in personal language and using words like I and me and my, and I wanted to say that up front because I'm not trying to hog God in all of his words, but I'd like you to be thinking me when I say me so that we're all saying me together. I find that God often uses examples from my everyday life to speak a greater truth to me about himself or about myself. And it's important to note that he doesn't confine himself, like I said earlier, to the time that I carve out for him. He knows how we spend most of our time, and that's just doing the everyday regular stuff. He knows that, and he chooses to bless us by using examples to speak our language, and oftentimes when we're just doing our normal tasks. When God uses my language to speak to me, it not only communicates his word to me at that time, But it also shows me just how much he loves me because he makes himself the God of my day, not just everybody's day, but my day. God's word speaks to me because he created me and he loves me. And most importantly of all, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he knows what I need to hear and when I need to hear it. He speaks what my heavenly father tells him to speak. My younger daughter, Lauren, is not quite two. She says a few words, but she's not really talking in sentences at this point. And just so you understand her personality a bit and have a context for this story, she's kind of my bruiser child, and she kind of attacks the things that she does or the people she's around, for that matter. And so she's really tough, but she also has this uh, cautious side where she becomes very cautious when she's faced with new things. So she has this aggressive quality and also this um, little cautious side. And when she's faced with something new, she usually comes back to me and does this two-word, you know, pointing, grunting-type communication to draw attention to what she's wanting to tell me about. So we have a patio in the backyard right outside of our kitchen where the girls can play while I'm in the kitchen messing around. And um, it has a few azalea bushes around it. And, of course, the azaleas were in bloom not long ago, and flowers in bloom tend to attract bumblebees. Recently, she discovered one of these bumblebees. She saw it buzzing in one of the flower buds, doing what bumblebees do in there. And she pointed it at it with that worried look on her face. And, uh, and so, of course, I told her what it was, that it was a bumblebee. And she continued to worry about it. And somehow she knew instinctively that it might hurt her. And so I had to reassure her that the bee was just interested in the flower and that he was just eating his dinner. You know how you have to talk to a child this age? You have to speak their language and use words that are very common to them. And I've noticed when I use words that she's familiar with, it seems to calm her better because she's able to find some common ground with this new thing and she's able to relate to it. So I had to do a lot of talking to her to comfort her about this bumblebee. And I had to reassure her that everything was going to be okay. And I had to lead her back out onto the patio and show her that she could play in the areas she could play in and that she was going to be fine She talked to Daddy about this bumblebee. She talked to the grandparents about the bumblebee. I mean, she has talked to a lot of people about this bumblebee and solicited much sympathy from the people who would love her and would listen to her and reassure her. Okay, that's the end of that story. I'd like you to keep that in the back of your cap, and I I promise I'll have a point to that later. Recently, an idea was presented to me. It was a suggestion of sorts. And it was something that I've never thought of myself doing. I just really didn't see myself doing it or being able to do it. And the details of it really aren't that important. But what is important is, is to know that I just, I didn't see myself being capable of it. I was scared of it. It was outside of what I thought I could handle or do by myself. So as I began to process this new information and think about it and pray about it, I began to realize that this might actually be from God. And, uh, you know, I was excited about it, but I was still scared about it. And I was excited that I was possibly hearing from him and being led by him. But the fear um, and the, you know, uncertainty surrounding it still wasn't gone. I really wanted to hear just that one word about it from the Lord, where he said, yes, this thing is from me. I really needed to hear from, me, from uh, the Lord about it. And ironically, this happened shortly before Barry and Mary Kissel came on their last visit with us. And so I wasn't really thinking, oh, I'll definitely hear a word about this now. But I was in a place where I really needed to hear a word about it. One of the things that Mary Kissel said while she was here was that uh, she had had several friends develop life-threatening illnesses. And of all the friends, they said something very similar. They said that they received notes with encouraging words from friends and words of comfort and uh, scripture from friends that they had chosen to give them uh, to uplift the friends and comfort them. And they said every single person said the same thing. They really appreciated those notes and those words of comfort, but all of them really just wanted to hear one word from the Lord about their particular situation. Not literally one one word, but they really just wanted to hear from the Lord something that was delivered by the holy spirit in a very personal way to them that would comfort them about their situation. And that really struck me when i heard her say that. I could really relate to that, and i'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. And if you haven't thought of that before, if maybe you didn't think it was possible, maybe you're thinking now of a of a situation that you just love to hear from on the lord or from the lord on. And so i found myself in that very place when that new idea was presented to me. Um, the idea that was both exciting and scary at the same time. And later I had an opportunity to receive prayer. And I'm just standing there, you know, desperately wanting to hear the, from the Lord. And a picture came to my mind. And I was trying to zero in on what it was. I knew it was an animal of some sort. And I knew it was a small animal. And I, I was kind of like, mm, I think it's a bug of some sort. Kind of like the bug out bug in the advertisement. But a little different. And then it hit me. Ah, it was a bumblebee. And... It all just came. It just all opened. God's word came and his love came. And he was telling me that I am like Lauren. I'm tough at times and brave at times, but I'm scared too. And I want to go out there on that patio and play in freedom and do the fun things that God has called me to do. But sometimes I just need to go back to my mom and tell her that I'm scared. And so as I'm standing there, it was like God's word was just coming to me. Hey, I'm going to be there for you. You can come to me when you need comfort. I'm going to hold you in my arms. I'm going to reassure you. I'm going to lead you back out there and show you that you know, the things that I have for you to do. And all of that is just happening while I'm standing there. I haven't even had someone come pray for me yet. But I'm just taking in this love, the love of a father who knows his child and knows what she needs to hear. All the while, I'm thinking, I am scared. It's too risky. I'll be in way over my head. I can't do it. So someone comes to pray for me, and the first thing he says is this. God doesn't want you to tell him you can't do it. He doesn't want you to tell him you can't do it. You can do it, and you can do it because it won't be you doing it, but it will be him strengthening you to do it. And then the next thing he said was this. And this thing, it's going to be pure joy. Just pure joy. How's that for a timely word? That was, that was great. Uh, Proverbs 15.23 says, A word spoken in due season. How good it is. So God's word came, and by his word, he led me into a place of peace and confidence, out of the place of fear and doubt, where I had just been five minutes before. And those particular words, those were a direct reference to Philippians 4.13, where it says, I can do all things through him, Jesus, who strengthens me. And that's just one example, one small example from my life. I could share a lot more. And if we polled the audience, we'd be here for a month listening to, you know, how you needed to hear from the Lord and when you, hear, when you heard from him. And um, most of you, whether you've realized it before or not, you've experienced this already. You've taken some kind of situation to the Lord and you've said, you know, I really need you to lead me in this place. I need you to tell me what to do. And you've received some type of response back, whether it's been a gentle leading or direct answer. So what is the point? Why do we need God's spoken word, spoken to us in a personal way? I find that when God speaks to me and the Holy Spirit um, delivers his message, that it heals me that it restores me and that his word brings power to me. His word heals me because it reaches into the very spot where I am the weakest. And he says, X marks the spot. I am there too. And I am going to make you strong there. Not because you can be strong, but because I can make you strong there. And you will see my glory in the process. And guess what? Others will too. Whether you mean for them to or not, they will see the Lord's glory because it's the Lord's. It can't be covered up. It has a way of seeping out. Two, his word restores me. You know, what does it restore? We talk about this word restoration in the church a lot. What does it restore? Well, it restores a lot of things, but specifically I'm referring to my identity. You know, it's funny how you hear people say things like, oh, after college I'm going to go on a trip around the world and I'm really just going to spend some time finding myself or you know your boyfriend or your girlfriend breaks up with you and and they say, yeah, I I really just need to be alone. I just need to focus on me and figure out who I am. All I can say about that is good luck, because that has not worked for me. Spending time with me, thinking about me, meditating on Samantha Livingston, that does not help me know me better. I find, get prepared to hear some really good grammar right here, Uh, I find that Spending time with God and even spending time with others who know God and hear from God, that's what helps me to know me. That's what helps me to learn who God created me to be and the things that he has for me to do. When I sit in his presence and ask the Holy Spirit to come and be with me and talk with me, that is when I am the meest me I can be. (laughs) Why is that? Because he knows me better than me knows me. He knows me. He knows what excites me. He knows what role I will play best in advancing his kingdom because he knows what lights my fire. So he restores my identity. And lastly, his word brings power. A word from the Lord can cause the entire course of my life to be permanently altered. I could be going in this direction, and all of a sudden I know I'm to now go in this direction. And not all words do that. Of course, there are words of rest, words of wisdom, words of encouragement. But the potential for life change when God speaks is infinite. Why is that? Because when his word comes, his word brings power. And my response to his power is courage. When a word from the Lord comes, it brings power. And my response to that power is to have courage and then to be able to go and do the thing that he's leading me to do. A simple example of this would be about a year ago I was in worship here at RCC and I just had a very simple, almost drawing right in front of me and it was just of a line going up like this and it just slowly veered off to the right. And that may seem like a crude um, drawing. God uses very simple things with me. But as I prayed into that, I really felt like God's word for me about that was that he was going to take me in a new direction, and I felt like he was specifically telling me one thing that I needed to let go of, and it wasn't sin, it wasn't a bad thing, but I just knew that I needed to let go of this thing, and he was telling me that he was going to bring me into a new place, a place of abundance, a place where he was going to be able to provide for me in a way that he couldn't while I held on to this one thing. So, God's Word, it, it leads us and it has power. The, you know, that picture, the thing that he was leading me to give up, it wasn't necessarily easy. I wasn't really excited about doing it. But I knew because he'd spoken about it that I was going to be able to do it. He gave me the courage to do it. And it's like, you know, when you hear a word from the Lord, that is all you need. That's all you need. You know what your next step is. It's a launching pad. I feel like the, the word from the Lord is a launching pad for the individual. It's like a springboard where we, when we hear it, we just know the direction that we're going and we just go. We just That's how powerful it is. We just go. You know... Is the spoken word just kind of icing on the cake? Is it just kind of like some extra that's really not that important and I don't really need to spend a whole lot of time pursuing it? I think without the spoken word that we're really settling for less than God intends for us. You know, it doesn't matter if we've been in church all our lives, you know, the Bible inside and outside, if we're not being led by God, And we're really missing out on the life he intends for us. If we're not getting to know the person of Jesus, who is the living word himself, and getting to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, who wants to teach us all things. You know, the role of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our counselor. And he leads us into all truth. I'm sure it says a lot more than that. But the point is, how can we receive counsel How can we receive help? How can we know truth about all things unless we are learning to listen to His voice and then respond to it and to be led by it? I think hearing God's voice helps us to lead the abundant life that He has for us. I think we live abundantly when we're doing something that is slightly outside of what we're humanly capable of. You know, when I'm called to do something that is... Just outside or way outside what I can do, that is when I invite the Lord to do it through me. Because I can't do it by myself. If I'm leading myself, I'm only going to choose things that I know that I can do within my own power. If God is leading me through the Holy Spirit, he's going to be choosing things that only he can do. And he will be doing them through me. To summarize, me leading me boring, him leading me exciting. And you know that may sound crazy to some, but I have found that when God is leading me, he is the most daring, he is the most courageous, He is the most fun guy when I am letting him take me on a roller coaster ride. I mean that's that's what I felt like the last couple of years have been is a roller coaster ride, so it's getting to know his voice and being led by him and it's fun. And so, me leading me, that's when I'm in the natural. Him leading me, that's when I'm in the supernatural. It's when the supernatural happens. When we allow Him to lead us, that is when we invite the miraculous into our life. That is when we say, come on, do whatever you want. I certainly can't do it. You know, there's a verse that, A lot of people are probably really familiar with. If you've grown up in the church, you've probably heard it all your life. It's very simple. It happened to be the um, memory verse for the Zoom kids a couple weeks ago. And it's, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And as we were listening to the CD in the car, you know, I was really thinking about what does that mean? It's interesting to know that the Hebrew meaning of that word, word, your word is a lamp unto my feet, The Hebrew meaning, when you go back to it, is the spoken word. I thought that was cool. So that verse, it means, when you speak to me, your words light up my feet and where I stand. And because of your words, I now see the path as well. You know, we don't see the path to look ahead at the path and go, oh, that's really interesting. I see a few twists and turns up there, and that looks like a fun place to go. But I think I'll just hang out here stand still. The point of the word is to lead us down the path. That's why we need to see the path. We need to be led down it. And so the the meaning of that verse is very simple. When you speak to me, you lead me. When you speak to me, you lead me. So why are words of revelation important? We all need to be led. I certainly need to be led. But it's so great to know that God just doesn't lead us to do things, to advance his kingdom, just to make us worker bees, you know, and just do things for him only. In the process of him leading us, he does these things of caring for us. He heals us. He restores us. He brings us power. You know, if you look at the Bible, if you had to summarize it, it's a book and it's a record about God caring for his people and leading his people. All throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, he cared for his people, and he led them. And when you think about what what does that mean, that you're the good shepherd, a shepherd tends to his flock, and he tells them where to go. That's what he does. And so it's so neat that, yes, I want to be led. I want to advance your kingdom. You know, he's always about loving his people and advancing his kingdom, and I want to be involved in those things. But on the way, Lord, I need to be healed. I need to be restored. I need your power. Those are things we need in the process if we're really going to be effective, if we're really going to walk in his power. Another good question is, you know, how can I be sure that it's, voice, it's God's voice that I'm hearing? I went to a conference once led by Mike Evans on this very subject, and he said there are three possibilities of who you could be hearing from when you pray. They are God, yourself, and Satan. Those are the three possibilities. And it is a mighty big leap to think that Satan could answer when we call upon the Lord. When we call upon the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us, it's a mighty big jump to think that Satan could answer in that place. Okay? And so I remember in that conference, it was very freeing to me to realize, he said, you know, when you ask the Lord to speak to you, just assume that it's him. Just go on the assumption that it's him. You'll figure it out if it's not. I mean... You know how you feel when you hear the voice speaking. You know it's the Lord when he brings you into a place of peace or confidence or love or joy. If you're hearing from Satan, you're being trapped. You're feeling guilt or shame or condemnation. There's a big difference between the Lord leading you into conviction of sin. That will always result in restoration in our relationship with God. But when Satan does it, when he uses sin and he dangles it over us, it always leads to alienation from God because we're too trapped in our guilt and our shame. The focus is on me. So there's a big difference. I remember um, I got a picture when I was praying for a good friend a couple of years ago. And I find that when you pray with your friends, sometimes, unfortunately, you're you're thinking about what you know about them. But um, I saw this picture of her and I saw this picture of orange earplugs just like shooting out from her ears. They just went... (coughs) Like that. And I thought, you know, oh, I'm sure that's just my voice. Because, you know, I happen to wear orange earplugs to bed because I'm a very light sleeper. And so I just thought, I'm sure that's just some kind of distraction in my mind. And, you know, I should ignore that and not tell her. So I didn't tell her while I was praying for her. The interesting thing is, you know that verse that says something like, all men are like grass that withers and fades away. All of their glory fades away, but the word of the Lord stands forever. I don't know where it is. Where? <laughs> anyway, um, the interesting thing is that that word never left me. And two years later, like two weeks ago, it, you know, it seemed like every month I'd get in the shower and for some reason I'd remember that, that picture of the orange earplugs. And so I called her and said, by the way, I have this picture for you two years ago. I never gave it to you. And this is what it was. And so that's a great test. You know, if, if it's something for me, it's going to fade. It, it's just not going to be important. The word of the Lord, though, it stands forever. It stands forever. I've been reading this book more than enough. It's it's uh, Roland and Heidi Baker's story of their ministry to the children in Mozambique, Africa. It's an awesome book. Just in the three chapters, it really raised the bar of my expectation of how I should be hearing from God. She gives one example and maybe more of her hearing from God audibly. And I tell you, some people may think that is totally crazy. You know what that makes me think? That is awesome. I want to hear from God audibly. Wow, you speak audibly, God? Tell me something good. Sometimes our reaction to hearing these kinds of stories is that we become discouraged because we're not experiencing that. And then we begin to doubt. Well, is it something I'm doing or something that I'm not doing? Or I must not be special? If I say nothing else today, this is what I'd like to say. I am a relative nobody, and I am hearing from God regularly and often. Over the last couple of years since getting to know the Holy Spirit in a personal and powerful way, I'm hearing from God regularly and often, anytime, all the time throughout my day. And you know what I do? I just ask Him. I just, in the morning, I say a blessing over my girls at breakfast. Lord, we invite you into our day. We ask you to speak to us. We ask you to lead us. We ask you to talk to us at the times when we're just doing our stuff. So this has become very normal to me. It's just normal. I expect it. I expect God to talk to me and to tell me things, specific things for my specific day and to lead me in prayer and in praying for other people as well. You know, many of you have probably been experiencing this kind of dialogue for years, much longer than I have. But a lot of you, this, for a lot of you, this may be a new concept. And I really don't want you to leave here today thinking that you can't hear from God too. It is a lie that I am a nobody. It is a lie that you are a nobody. When you come into the kingdom of God, you are a somebody. Because of Jesus, you are a somebody. And your God wants to speak to you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He would never leave you or forsake you. He wants to love you. He wants to send his word to you. And he wants to lead you. He just wants to love on us. So don't be discouraged. Be excited. Be ready to get down on your hands and knees and ask the Lord, speak to me. Lord, please speak to me. I need to hear your word for me, made personal, here and now, and every day afterwards, too, please. If you would, please stand. We're going to do something together, and it should be coming up on the screen now. I'm going to say the first phrase or the first line in each of these phrases. And then where it says all, you can, uh, we'll all say that together. He is not just the Father. He is my Father. He is not just the Maker of all things. He is my Maker. He is not just the all-knowing. He knows me. He is not just the all-powerful. He fills me with His power. He is not just love. He loves me. Lord, we just ask your.